Good morning, Big Ten fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Mike Chen. Follow me on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. It is Friday, August 7th, 2020. And I will tell you what, another Big Ten star yesterday made a huge decision to opt out of the 2020 season and focus on the NFL draft. As we all know, Minnesota star wide receiver Rashad Bateman. We also have Penn State star linebacker Micah Parsons, who we all, the, the rumors came out early uh, on Tuesday that it was going to happen. Parsons yesterday actually firmed it up, gave his thank you to Penn State fans. So both of those Big Ten stars are moving on. Now, Michigan State defensive end Jacob Panasuic, his situation is a little bit different. He opted out of the season. However, he is going to take a red shirt and come back to Michigan State to play in his final year. Well, you can make a third star in the Big Ten after Bateman and Parsons in Rondale Moore. The star Purdue wide receiver missed the majority of last year due to an injury, but his freshman year, he was one of the most electric players in the country. And this is a huge blow for Purdue. Because they were going to return arguably the best pair of wide receivers in the Big Ten. In David Bell, who in Moore's absence last year broke out, was a freshman All-American. And then now you're looking at the fact that Bell's going to have to do it all over again by himself. Without the fact that he's going to have a star with him as well. Because what I was envisioning for Purdue this year was something very similar that Minnesota had last year with Johnson and Bateman, Tyler Johnson, that is, who got drafted by Tampa Bay. It's just a terrible, terrible situation for Purdue. And so here's how I'm looking at this. Because I've done some thinking about why these players are opting out. And here's my rationale behind it. Does Minnesota have a good shot at winning a national championship? Probably not. I think that's why Rashad Bateman opted out. Does Penn State have a shot at winning a national championship? It seems to me that Michael Parsons doesn't think that's the case. Because obviously he opted out. I don't think Purdue has really a chance at doing that as well. Michigan State with Panasuic not going to win a championship this year. I think the one team that you can look at inside the conference that actually has a shot at winning a, the college football playoff is Ohio State. And I think that Penn State was on the cusp. They're close. And I understand, and I'm not going to chastise these young men for opting out of this. Because I understand. This is a tough decision. It's not easy. You really think that they wanted to not play their final year of college football? No. No. They wanted to play. They want to play. But what this country is dealing with right now, if a player opts out, that is their personal decision. That is what they want to do. And you have to respect it. And that's exactly how I view it. I respect each of the individual players' decisions. 
because this is difficult. And I get it. When you look at what is going on, and you don't know necessarily what Rondale Moore's personal issues are with his family. And I'm not talking about bad issues. I'm talking about medical health issues. Because we don't know. We don't know what Rashad Bateman's are until he tells us. We don't know about Michael Parsons until he says something about it. And Jacob Penasuic, same thing. Nobody knows. So you have to respect everyone's decision and what they're doing. And this is a global pandemic. This is something that we really haven't gone through in almost 100 years. 1918, Spanish flu. So it's unfortunate for Purdue, Minnesota, Penn State, Michigan State, that some of some of the or the faces of the program at the current moment are opting out, but that is a decision that you have to respect. You have to respect that. All right. So Mike Loxley obviously is the coach of Maryland. Uh, yesterday, some interesting news that he came out. He's launching a national coalition of minority football coaches. And their goal is to try to remove roadblocks, increase awareness, and spur action towards fair and equitable hiring at all levels of football. This is absolutely fantastic. I love it. I think it's great. The goal of the NCMFC, which is an odd acronym, but it is what it is, uh, they want to help minority coaches rise in the college and the pros by giving them proper training and promotion. I think this is smart. I think this is fantastic. Uh, when you look at the landscape, especially in the professional ranks, there's not a lot of black American head coaches. There's not a lot of black American head coaches in college football as well. And I think Mike Loxley's got a point. The Big Ten has two of them. With Loxley and Lovey Smith, and we'll get to some Illinois notes in just a moment. But I really, I think Mike Loxley's doing a solid here, and not just to the Big Ten. I think he's doing a solid for everyone. Mike Loxley's smart enough to realize that there's not enough minority coaches out there, and there are plenty of minority coaches that are qualified for these kind of jobs. And you know, I hate to say it that the Black Lives Matter movement had to happen in order for this to be formed, but it was needed. I love it. I think it's a great idea. I think you know, minority coaches and women as well. Women know football. Don't don't get that twisted. <laughs> Seriously, women know football. There are female coaches in football. San Francisco 49ers have them. At least one on the staff. You're looking at the fact that the Arizona Cardinals have one on staff as well. But in the college ranks, you don't see a lot of females on there. And I think that, that that's going to change soon. I do. I think I, I think that that's going to be something going forward that you're going to see a lot more of, women on the sideline. Because if they're qualified... If they're smart enough and if they deserve it, then they should be hired. They should not be looked over because of their sex. Not at all. If a woman is qualified, a woman fits the organization, then they should hire that woman. She shouldn't be looked over. And minorities as well. 
I love it. Mike Loxley, awesome. Good job. Well done. All right. Like I said, the Illini uh, had a little news uh, as the Illini and the Buckeyes started up preseason camp because they both kick off on a Thursday. They were allowed to start yesterday, whereas the remaining Big Ten schools will get it cracked up this afternoon or this morning, whenever they opt to start their practices. But today, today, the rest of the Big Ten, today, football's close. It's getting there. But as the Illini reported yesterday, they got some news about a couple transfers that will not be on the Illini roster for the 2020 season. One of them is a JUCO in LaVar Gardner. Uh, Gardner signed, obviously, in this past period uh, with the Fighting Illini. He was looked at as uh, a guy that could play either of the back two levels, either a linebacker or a safety. The young man had like 4-4 speed, but unfortunately, uh, Gardner did not report to Champagne for the start of fall practice. So that's a loss right there. And then as well, safety Treshawn Smith, uh, who is a transfer as well, not a, a JUCO transfer, but just a normal transfer. He's not going to enroll. And then something interesting uh, that I, I thought and that I've kind of been pretty hard on Lovey Smith about, and that is with the transfers. And I feel as if Lovey Smith needs to build his program off of high school players, but that's not gonna that's not gonna change. That's not Lovey Smith's style, and he doubled down on the fact that he's gonna continue to use the transfer portal. He, he's gonna be transfer you. I mean, we'll see those results, but you know, four years, one bowl game. And that was qualifying barely for it. Doesn't seem like it's working to me, Lovey. Not uh, not the biggest fan because, look, you signed these two guys and Gardner and Smith. They're not showing up to campus. They won't be on your football team. Yeah, you did get some other transfers. Another motor behavior. But, hey, look, you're, you're still th this plan. I, I'm not sure 100% if this is going to work long term for Lovey Smith. I mean we'll see. The schedule doesn't set up so great for them. It's tough tough road for the fighting Illini this year. They don't have a easy schedule. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. So we found out yesterday who the uh, college athlete unity is led by inside the Big Ten. And that's two former teammates. However the two former teammates uh are linked obviously because they were in the same position group. In Michigan defensive back Hunter Reynolds and former Michigan and current Minnesota defensive back Ben St. Justy. Uh, that is a quality leadership right there. St. Justy actually, the, the, the neat part about his experience is that he can say it from two schools. He's got different viewpoints. So that's really neat. And then uh, yesterday also as well, Michigan Athletic Director Juan Emanuel came out and, and he praised the group's effort, and, you know, he thinks that they're doing a good job. It's a great idea. It's smart, and he backs it, and I love it. I love seeing athletic directors do that. It's, you know, it gives the players, yeah, it backs the players. And I think it's smart. It's smart on his part. But Manuel also came out 
and said yesterday that there's some pretty bad news about the projected budget for this year for Michigan. Uh, their losses could be even more if there are A, are no sports played, but that kind of rolls for everybody. And then B, uh, if there's no fans as well. And speaking of fans, there's a couple of teams uh, that got a chance to express how they will be looking at fans this year. Penn State, no fans. Nebraska, they're going to try and have about 10,000. Minnesota, uh, right now, their large groups are capped at 1,500. 1,500 people. So that's what Minnesota's looking at. 1,500. Uh, they're going by their local state laws, and right now, not looking all that great for Minnesota. Iowa is going to try and have anywhere between 10 and 15,000 fans in Kinnick this year. Who knows? We don't know. Nobody knows. Uh, we'd love to see fans because that's part of the college football experience. I think that when you look at the grand scheme of things, fans actually can make a difference, especially big-time road games. Fans definitely make a difference. And, you know, there's a lot of traditions that we love to see inside the Big Ten. You've got, uh, specifically in Iowa, you've got the wave where they wave to the children's hospital. You've got jump around at Wisconsin between the third and fourth quarters. You know, there's, there's so many traditions that involve fans. It's going to be rough not being able to see fans in the stands this year, if that's the case. But you got to look at it this way, though. I'd rather not have fans in the stands and see college football than have fans in the stands with no college football. So... Uh, it's a difficult situation right now, as we all know, as we all go through this. There are going to be plenty of adjustments. There's a reason why the Big Ten decided to have multiple bye weeks, a bye week before the Big Ten championship game. That's crazy, right? Usually you play it the week after the regular season ends. Nope, not this year. They're having a buffer. That's smart. There's, That's exactly the reason why they're starting so much earlier than the SEC and the Pac-12 almost a month earlier. So they have more wiggle room. So say week one starts and they have an outbreak. Well, now they could just push it back because they've given themselves more time. So I think Kevin Warren did a solid on that one. I really do. All right, the coaches poll, the Amway Coaches Poll came out yesterday, powered by the USA Today Sports. I have to say that because I work for them. Coaches Poll came out yesterday, and uh, no surprise, Ohio State came in too. Uh, Penn State, a little bit surprising with the loss of Micah Parsons. They are still seventh overall in the country. Thought they might have dropped, but again, they you know the the voting might have happened prior to. The announcement of Parsons, who obviously, like I said earlier, made it official yesterday. So that, that'll be, uh, you know, something to potentially think about whether or not Penn State is overrated because of the fact that they are missing their best player. Wisconsin checks in at 12th overall. Michigan 15th. Minnesota again. Is this too high with the loss of Rashad Bateman at 18? We will find out, but... If you had to a guess from me right now, the answer is yes. 
And Iowa checks in at 23 overall in the country. And that is it for the Big Ten. I think that, again, there are two teams that might be a little bit overrated due to the fact that they are losing their star players in Penn State and Minnesota. We'll see who steps up, if they have the depth to do it. But right now, I think that you would have to say that those two teams are a little bit overrated. You look at the schedule and the way it plays out. Ohio State's got it pretty good. Wisconsin's got a damn easy schedule. Jeez. If they're not in the Big Ten Championship game at the end of the year, at the end of the season, man, they had a really bad year then. They had a really bad year. But remember, they do have to replace a lot of high-end talent. I mean, Jack Cohn does come back. you got a solid backup in Graham Mertz. Uh, but you're you're losing Jonathan Taylor, or Crookshank. Uh, you're you're losing a lot of star power. There's a lot of you know players that left, and Wisconsin's got to replace them. They've got to replace them, uh, and we'll see if Wisconsin's got the guys that can do it. I mean, they haven't traditionally ever recruited at a super high level, but we'll see. So. I mean, I think that they should be there, but I, I, I'm not 100% sure. I'm going to break it down a little bit more on Monday as I get a chance to look at it over during the weekend. But uh, I haven't gotten to the point where I'm going to give out wins, losses. Uh, I'll do that closer to the beginning of the season because we want to go through camp. We want to find out who's going to win jobs, what's going to be where, if there are potential injuries as well because there are going to be some injuries in preseason camp. That always happens. So we'll find out, and we'll let you know. And that's exactly what we do here on the Big Ten Morning Minutes. And that's going to do it for me this morning. And I will uh, come back to you on Monday with a bunch more information as well. Uh, maybe get to see some uh, recruits. I'm going out to a, um, a camp, the Boom Football Camp, on Sunday. So maybe we'll see some uh, Big Ten recruits over there. Uh, I'm not sure the roster right now, but uh, it'll be an interesting go for me. And we'll, uh, we'll report anything that... Uh, is of note coming back to you on monday so i appreciate the listen go ahead and follow me on twitter at mike f chen follow the show site over there as well at big 10 mm raiders review us and share us on all of your listening platforms have a great weekend big 10 fans i will talk to you monday morning